Good morning, church. It's so awesome to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, God gave us a beautiful morning this morning. Amen. We're about to go into a time of worship, but I'd just like to welcome you if you're, if you're maybe new and visiting with us. Um, if you're watching online, for those of you watching online, we're so glad that you're here with us. And uh, please feel free to reach out. Uh, let us know who you are, where you're watching from. And uh, we have hosts available for you that you can speak to, they can pray for you, answer questions. Um, but for those of us that are here in the sanctuary, I'd just like to ask you to stand as we prepare and go into a time of worship. Oh, 
Father, we just thank you. We thank you this morning for what you're doing in our lives. God, whether it be tragedy, trial, God, as we walk through that valley, we can sing praising for what we know that you're going to do, for your faithfulness to us. God, we sing a joyful praise because whatever burden it is that is on our shoulders, God, we can cast on to you. You say in your word that your load is light. And this morning we give it all to you. Whatever we brought in with us into this room. Whatever trial it may be. And we just thank you this morning. We thank you and we just praise your name. We're so grateful, Father. Pray all these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to Springbrook Community Church. We are so glad that you are with us today. If you are watching with us online, we're glad you're with us as well. Our online hosts are available for you to answer any questions that you might have or to pray with you. And so uh, if you have any questions, uh, please uh, just let them know. Uh, that you're there and they'll be more than happy to, uh, to talk with you. If you're here with us in person today, we're glad you're with us. Uh, you've got a connection card that's there on your chair, and so you can take a moment to fill that out. Uh, just there's a place for you to drop that in the back uh, whenever you get ready. Um, you can drop that off there. And if there's any way we can pray for you, uh, please let us uh, know as well. Or if you'd like to, you can just text the word here, scan that code. We'd love the opportunity um, to celebrate that you're here with us today. I know many people are starting to travel for Thanksgiving. My family of six from my extended family with all my son-in-laws now are making plans for next week. And I know my family's my family schedule is looking a little hectic. <laughs> so I pray as we move into this next week that we're able to just really stop and to reflect and to give thanks. I'm really looking forward to what God has for us as we move uh, through this season. Um, we had uh, our shoe boxes uh, are starting to come in. We have uh, those have been boxed up or a collection site, and so far we've had uh, over 300 boxes that have come in. So thank you for all those that have brought boxes. Uh, we've collected a lot of boxes from our community. And uh, we have uh, different opportunities for people to serve uh, during that collection time. Right now, on Monday, we have five open spots. We need people that can, that can help us load boxes onto the truck to deliver those uh, to a regional collection facility. So if you are able, on Monday, uh, to help us with the collection or to help load those boxes, please, you can sign up for that today on our website, springbrook.org. You can sl- uh, just scan that QR code in that box. There's a schedule there. Uh, but uh, we're looking for five people that can help um, with that. And I also want to thank all of those that brought in turkey baskets or purchased turkey baskets. Um, we have over 60 baskets that have come in, so I want to thank you uh, for bringing those in. Um, yeah, that's a great, that's a great, uh, a great way for us to serve our community. We've got several schools that we're working out with, several families in our community, and so if you or someone you know uh, is in need of a basket as we move into Thanksgiving, uh, just let us know today and we'll uh, get you set up for that. But I want to thank you for your generosity. Um, Springbrook's generosity just never ceases to amaze me how God's people uh, make themselves available for what he would uh, have for us. Uh, in fact, we have our angel tree and our stars tree coming up. Uh, there's out in the lobby today. Um, we have an opportunity to support um, families as they're uh, facing uh, unplanned pregnant pregnancies. And so we have a star tree out there to help mothers of children 
Uh, then we've also got the angel tree out there to uh, just to be able to bless families that are dealing with incarcerated parents. And so we want to be able to uh, just to share the love of Christ for those kids as we move through um, the holidays this year. And so if you are interested, we have 25 angels and 25 stars. Um, you can pick one of those up from the tree uh, on the lobby today. Just be sure to bring those back by uh, December 10th. If you have any questions, uh, I think Penny will be out there. She can uh, answer any questions that you might have. And if you are new to Springbrook, um, we have a, a starting point workshop coming up on uh, at the end of November, the first week of December. It's a two-week workshop. And this is the first time that I haven't been leading the workshop. So Pastor Jeff has stepped in to uh, lead starting point. So uh, we'll be praying uh, for him during that transition. I've picked up a couple other workshops that we need to uh, undergird. <laughs> so we've been uh, working on our go-to workshop, our REACH team, as well as our spiritual gifts class. But Pastor Jeff's going to be leading our uh, starting point workshop coming up at the end of the month. So if you have questions about Springbrook, you want to know a little bit more about our vision, mission, values, those kind of things, this is a great opportunity uh, for you to get those questions answered. And next week, we're going to be kicking off a, a series looking at the I Am Statements of Jesus, and that's going to take us all the way up to, uh, to Christmas, and so uh, we're busy planning and preparing for that. I'm really looking forward to that series. But today, we are finishing up a two-week series on gratitude. Um, we started last week by looking at um, uh, what it means to praise God. And we talked about different aspects of praise. We looked at the fact that all of creation is praising God. And then we, corporately, are invited in to participate in that praise with creation. And then individually, we get to uh, praise God um, as well. Today, we're going to be looking at Thanksgiving. And we're going to be talking about uh, how we can respond in gratitude. And we're going to be looking at uh, some passages out of Ephesians chapter 5. But um, I want to encourage you this morning just to enjoy this next drama as our drama team shows us, gives us a little bit of glimpse of what it might look like around the Thanksgiving uh, table uh, this week. Excellent as usual, my culinarily talented sister. Well, culinarily talented. I've never heard that one before. Stop. <laughs> He's right. That was an excellent meal. Oh, thank you. Well, I owe it all to Mom. Well, I may she have knows. given you the recipes, but it takes someone with skill to do such a good job. It was an excellent meal, dear. Well, thank you, Mom. Tom, I'm so sorry that Jean couldn't be with us today. Well, hospitals don't post for the holidays, and nurses have it even tougher. Well, I will make her a plate and you could take it to her. Well, thanks, sis. She'd appreciate that. Is she going to want apple pie or pumpkin pie? Are you kidding me? Both. <laughs> okay. So, want to watch some football? Nah. Are you okay? You've been awfully quiet since you got here. Yeah, I, I just got a lot on my mind, that's all. You want to talk about it? No, I really don't. Okay. Here they come. Oh, Rebecca, thank you so much for helping in the kitchen. Oh, well, you did all the hard work by cooking everything. Oh, but you brought the green bean casserole. Oh, no big deal. That was so Ooh, good, though. Yes. <sighs> hey, you know what we didn't do? We didn't go around the table and say what we're thankful for this year. Oh, no, Mom. Yes, Danny, Stop. it's tradition. Besides, Ephesians 5, 18 to 20 says, Be filled with the Spirit. 
addressing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, who's going to start first? You go. Oh, okay, I'll go. Thanks, Daddy. Well, I am so grateful to God for his grace and his mercy and how he carried me through after Bob passed away. Mm -hmm. Oh, honey. Honestly, I didn't know if I could go on without him or even without his paycheck. But God was so faithful. He led me right to my office <laughs> job. Did Patty say something funny, Dan? Go ahead, honey. Tell them. No. What's wrong, Dan? Tell them, sweetheart. No. What's going on, bro? Listen, it's nothing we can't handle. Danny lost his job. Oh, no. Because they need to know him. Why didn't you tell us, Dan? Maybe because I didn't want you to know. Maybe because I didn't want the sympathy. Oh, come on. Maybe because you're stupid? Patricia oh, Ann. Well, I'm sorry, Mom. But does my dear brother think so low of us that he's too ashamed to come and ask for help? Yes. What? what? Well, no. I, I mean... I don't know. I, it's just that I see Tom and his successful business, and his wife is now head nurse at a big hospital. And Patty, even you, when your husband passed away, you landed right back on your feet again. I just don't know what I've done that God's punishing me like this. Oh, God's not punishing you, Dan. Oh, no? Well, then why can't I get a job? I've got the resume and the experience. I've got everything I need for a successful career except a job. What have I got to be thankful for? Overdue bills? Creditors calling me all the time? And you, God is so faithful. Yeah. Well, where is God when I need him the most, when times are tough? What have we done that God's abandoned us like this? Just tell me and I'll make it up to you. Sweetheart, God has not abandoned us. No. We're just going through a really difficult time. And, and he is the one that's going to see us through. Filled with the Spirit, addressing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. Dan, look around you and see all that you have to be thankful for. Oh, not the material things, but your family, the people who love you. I believe that when we feel farthest from God and we cry out to him, that's when he's closest to us because his heart goes out to us. And that's how your family feels too, Dan. We love you. I know. And I love you all too. It's just that it seems like everything is crashing down around us all at the same time. <laughs> well, it may seem that way, but I may know somebody who's looking for someone in their financial department to do their books for him. Wait, really? Who? Me. Oh. oh. Tom! <laughs> I just had a guy take a job down in Florida, and I've been wanting to get you as part of the team for a while now. I couldn't do that. I mean, working for my brother and all? <laughs> what would people think? Ow! All right, I'll give it a try. 
smart man, shall we say, Monday morning? Well, at least until I can find something else, okay? All right, maybe longer. All right, that settles it. Who's ready for dessert? Oh, I'll get the coffee. <laughs> and an ice pack. <laughs> It would be fun. In fact, just kind of a spur of the moment idea, it might be fun for take pictures around your Thanksgiving table <laughs> this week. It's interesting to take a look at the dynamics uh, that happen around a Thanksgiving table. Uh, historically, our family has stopped to try to spend some time for everybody to give thanks. Um, sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't go so well. Uh, you know, especially as our family has grown and just trying to schedule things right now, it gets a little bit uh, crazy. But, you know, we're looking at uh, Thanksgiving. And so Thanksgiving is a component of gratitude. You know, gratitude is reflective of our praising and uh, giving thanks, and so it's a component of gratitude. Today we're going to be looking at Thanksgiving and uh, what that means as a part of being grateful. So we're going to be in uh, the book of Ephesians uh, in just a little bit. Specifically, we're going to be looking at uh, Ephesians 5, uh, where we're going to be looking at uh, uh, what does it mean to, to be thankful? Why is that important? And then uh, is a part of you know, God's command for us and being in his will. So we're going to be in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, just a bit, which says, Don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence um, for Christ. We're going to be looking at... Uh, Thanksgiving, And I want you to remember, though, that we talked about last week that Thanksgiving and praise are both responses. Praise is a response to who God is, and praise is a response that looks outwards. And, and Thanksgiving is a response to the person that is speaking with regard to what they have received. And so Thanksgiving is a response. From our passage this morning, we're going to see uh, an explicit command. We see an explicit command. And then we see how we can accomplish that command. And then we see why it is important. And so we're going to be looking at this in just a few moments. But the book of Ephesians, it's really, uh, the book is just packed with helping us to be able to understand our identity in Christ. You know, the Apostle Paul uh, wrote the book. It focuses us on our unity in Christ. It focuses on our identity in Christ and on Christian living and, and how to live out our our faith. And as you read through the book of Ephesians, um, you'll find the word therefore used throughout the book. And by the time we get to our passage that we're going to look at uh, this morning, we're going to see the word therefore will be used seven times. And each time the word therefore is used, or when Paul uses for this reason, it connects us um, or links us to a previous thought in Scripture. And so as you're reading through the book of Ephesians, it's, it's constantly connecting us to the original thought of understanding who we are in Christ. 
So if you brought a Bible with you, we're in Ephesians chapter 1 is where we want to start this morning. I'm going to read a couple of passages for you as we move our way towards Ephesians chapter 5. Beginning in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul you know, identifies himself, I'm the apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and who are faithful in Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from uh, God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And he goes on to list the ways that we have been blessed. We have been chosen before the foundation of the world. God chose us to be in a relationship with himself. We are holy and blameless from verse 4 in Christ. We are holy and blameless before him. As you read into verse 6, it says that we are his beloved. We have a relationship with him. In verse 7, it says that we have redemption through the blood of Christ and the forgiveness of our sins. In verse 9, it says that he has made known to us the mystery that many people don't understand still. And so if we have a relationship with Christ and we understand the mystery of that relationship, understanding the majority of people don't have that. God has made that known to us. In verse 11, it says we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purposes. And so God has predestined us into a relationship with himself. In verse 13, it says that when we heard that word of truth, the gospel, that's where we received our salvation. We believed in him and we were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And that is, seriously, one of my all-time favorite passages in Scripture. Because when we think about who we are in Christ, we are sealed. Our faith is secure because of God's calling on our life. As you move into verse 15, Paul says this, it is for this reason. As you think about all the passages, all the blessings that we received prior to this, Paul says it is for this reason that since I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love towards all the saints, I have not ceased giving thanks for you, remembering you in our prayers. And so Paul gives thanks for everything that we have in Christ. And as you move towards chapter 2, he will remind them of what Christ has done for them. In verse 11, he says, Therefore, remember that at one time you were Gentiles in the flesh, you were called the uncircumcision, by what is called uncircumcision, which is made, it's flesh made with hands. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who are once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We are now all one. We are a part of God's chosen people now because of the work of Christ on the cross. We are one in Christ. He binds us together, and as a result of all that God has done. Paul says in chapter 3, verse 1, For this reason, I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ on the behalf of you Gentiles. Verse 7, I was a minister according to the grace of God, which was given to me by the works of his power. And so Paul is saying, as a result of all that I know, of all that I have, I, God has given me a new purpose, and I, I have a ministry that God has given me. It's entrusting the good news about Christ for the rest of the world. For this reason, verse 14 says, I bow my knee before the Father in heaven and every family in heaven on earth that is named according to the riches of his glory. He may grant to you be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints 
just exactly the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of his love. And to know that love, the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And so Paul prays for our unity. He prays for strength. He prays that Christ would be at work in us for God's glory. And then, and then in chapter 4, he says, Therefore, I, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And he prays for our unity, that the Holy Spirit would be at work in us and that we would love one another. And as you move towards you know, chapter 5, there at the end of 4, he says, Therefore, we are to put away all falsehood. Each one of you is to speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed on the day of the redemption. And so as a result of this building work of the work of Christ, as Paul is building on a series of therefores, and for this reasons, he is building to the fullness of a command that he's going to give us in chapter 5. In chapter 5, it opens up with this. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. In sexual immorality and impurity or, or covetousness, put all those things away. They must not even be named among you as it is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking, which is out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral and pure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance of the kingdom of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good, right, and true. And try to discern what is good and pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak these things as they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And then in verse 15 it says, Look carefully how you are to walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because our days are evil. And that was our theme verse for this year. When we moved into 2023, we prayed that as our church moved through this year, that we would walk as in wisdom as the wise and not as, un the, as the unwise, making the most of every opportunity. And so that was our theme verse as we came into this year. But then he says this, beginning in 17, we get another therefore. Therefore, as a result of everything, everything comes to a head now. And he says in verse 17, therefore, don't be foolish and understand what the will of of the Lord is. And he says this, and do not get drunk on wine, for that is debauchery. But instead, you are to be filled with the Holy Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't do this. Do that. After reminding us as we move through Ephesians of all that God has done for us 
after moving through the book of Ephesians and, and reminding us what Christ has done for us, reminding us of our identity in Christ and understanding the foundation of our faith as we move towards the end of Ephesians before we get to 6 and talk about the armor of God, before we move there, he says, do not get drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. And those are not suggestions. <laughs> He's not saying... You know, these are not suggestions. These are, these are commands. We are being told what not to do. And we are being told what to do. This is not a reminder. It's not an encouragement. It is a command. The command is, don't get drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't get drunk with wine. Now, sure, when, you know, when you're driving on the road and you've had too much to drink, is going to land you in jail. That is illegal. You're breaking the law. But Paul's not talking about the legality of that. He's not talking about the dogmatic .08. It's like, well, if I drink enough to get to .08. What What Paul's talking about is don't let things influence your thinking. Instead of being influenced by alcohol or any other substance or anything else that, that draws our attention away from God, instead of letting those things be what encourages us and support us, you know, don't do that, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's not a suggestion. He's telling us, that as Christ followers, this is something that we are to do. It is a command. And you know what's interesting? You can choose to do it or not, right? Because it is a it requires a response. And so people make the wrong choices all the time. People choose to do things or not do things all the time. And so we have an opportunity to either respond favorably or negatively to this command. But it is a command. And it's something that we're expected to do as Christ's followers. Now there's 300 and, there's 613 commandments in the Old Testament. And Christ came not to replace those things, but to, be fill, to fill those things. And just in the New Testament alone, there's 1,050 commands in the New Testament. And so Scripture is filled with guidelines for how we are to live our lives. These are commands, and each one of us has to make a decision whether or not we're going to choose to obey, obey them or not. You know, these commands are, give us the responsibility to decide how we want to respond. But it's important for you to know that all the commands in Scripture, they're not there to suck the fun out of life. They're given to us so that we can have life and have it to the full. See, those, those commands, they impact every single aspect of our lives regarding our relationship with him and how we relate to one another. And, and those commands are given to us for, for our benefit, and we get to choose whether or not we're going to obey those or, or do them or apply them to our lives. And so the command to not get drunk with wine but be filled with the Holy Spirit is a, is a choice that each one of us has to make. And so it's a command to do it or, or don't do it. But, but, if, but if we're going to understand what the will of the Lord is, therefore, if you want to understand what the will of the Lord is, don't do this, don't do that. Paul is speaking specifically to believers. He's talking to believers. He's telling them what to do and not to do. And, and we've seen the results of what happens when we, we don't do what God tells us to do, haven't we? The first command that we got in Scripture, as you're reading through the book of Genesis, says you shall not eat from the fruit of the tree. God put Adam and Eve in the garden before Eve was created. He put Adam in the garden and told him not to eat of the fruit of the tree. And so Adam and Eve weren't both told not to eat of the fruit of the tree. It was only Adam. So God said to Adam, don't eat from that fruit. 
And they put him in the garden. He got to name the animals. He made a helper. And so then Eve comes along. And Adam's responsibility was to make sure that Eve understood, hey, God told me not to do this. And so he was to lead his family well with regard to understanding, you know, what God's commanded us. And so guys, you know, it's our responsibility to lead our families well. And so we work together with our spouses to, to make sure that we're raising our kids up to understand what it means to have a relationship with Christ. But in Genesis 2, the Lord God took the man, he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And so work is biblical. This is even before anything happened. Work is healthy. We were to work the garden and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you can eat of any tree in the garden, but out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For on that day, you shall surely die. Now, if it was me, I'd like to think that I'd be looking at the fruit and I'm thinking, well, I really don't want to die. <laughs> think about the implications of that command. Don't do this or you're going to die. Now, that sounds like a weighty, sounds like a weighty consequence, doesn't it? But, but God has given us in his sovereignty, we have been predestined. He knows who is and, and who's not. But, but he, in his sovereignty, he has given us the ability to, to participate with him and as he accomplishes plans in our life. He gives us a choice. And so we can choose to obey or not to obey. And in this case, Adam chose not to obey. He ate the fruit, and voila, (laughs) this is what we have. A fallen and broken world. You see, there are consequences when we choose not to obey God's command. Our obedience or lack of obedience has consequences. And this is what happens when you don't obey. Paul is telling us, do not get drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is a command. And we can choose to do that or, or not to do it. But it's one of the 10,050 commands that we find in the New Testament. There's an expectation as believers that we are going to do this. Don't get drunk. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't let your brain wander. Don't put your trust in things other than the Lord. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that's a command that that we're expected to keep. And this is how we're filled by the Holy Spirit. And so we know we're supposed to, we're not supposed to do this. We're we're supposed to be filled by the Holy Spirit. So we have a command. And then then how do we accomplish that? I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you accomplish that? And Paul outlines that for us in the rest of this passage. We do that by addressing one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and singing, and making melody to the Lord with your heart, and giving thanks always for everything to God for the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting to one another in the Lord. And so this is how we accomplish living out, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, being filled with the Holy Spirit happens when a person makes a faith commitment. You know, the Holy Spirit is external in our lives, uh, before we're Christ followers, and we're on our own. And each one of us gets an opportunity to choose whether we're going to follow Christ or we're going to live for the world. And so when we make a decision to place our faith and trust in Christ, and we believe that he's God and that he died on the cross for our sins, we ask his spirit to come in and fill us. And so we ask the Holy Spirit into our lives. And typically that's a prayer or something that many people uh, will do with someone. Maybe it's something that happens during a service or uh, listening to a gospel presentation on the radio and if you've never asked Christ to come into your life uh, and you're not clear about that, you can do that today. You can say, hey, I want your spirit inside of me. And so it's not just you in there, but the Holy Spirit resides in you. And the problem with the Holy Spirit being in you is that we're like a bucket with holes in it. 
it drains out after every once in a while, so we got we got to keep filling it up. And so the Holy Spirit comes into us once, and we become Christ followers. And then the part of our growing in faith and becoming Christ-like is a constant filling of the Holy Spirit. So we need to be filled by the Holy Spirit. It's something that we're commanded to do as Christ followers. It's a part of the not forsaking to meet together as some of are in the habit of doing. It's the, it's the breaking bread. It's the fellowship. It's the studying God's word and, and learning together and sharpening one another. Those are things that happen that fill us with his spirit and why they're so important. And so Paul says, you be filled by the Holy Spirit. We address uh, one another in psalms, you know, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and giving thanks and submitting to one another. And so this is how we are filled by the Holy Spirit. It's not an exhaustive list, but this is what Paul identifies for us in this passage. And so the addressing one another is exactly what we were just talking about. Addressing one another is studying scripture together. It's applying scripture to our lives. And one of the great things about small groups is that we can sharpen one another. Addressing one another is speaking to one another. And so as we're speaking to one another, we're, we're being filled by the Holy Spirit. When we read a Bible passage and we make observations and we talk about how it applies to our life. And when we pray for one another, and we look for opportunities to apply that to our life, we are being filled by the Holy Spirit. And so if, if you want to be filled by the Holy Spirit, you've got to be in God's Word. Because this is, this is how God speaks to us. Second Corinthians, or Second Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. It's profitable for education, for, for edification, for training up, so that we can be approved for every work that God has for us. Scripture is important to us. It's how we, how we talk to one another. When we get together, we encourage one another with Scripture. We, 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 we sing and we give thanks. And, and it was so encouraging last night. We had our, our concert of prayer last night. That's exactly what we did. We, we had testimonies. There was devotions. We sang together. We broke up in groups and we prayed with one another. And, and, th- and those corporate prayer gatherings are something that, that as we move into 2024, we'd, we'd like to be able to see us do at least quarterly on a church basis. And so the next time you hear about a corporate prayer gathering. I want to encourage you, mark your calendars and come out and join us. You know, it's funny, at the end of our time last night, I was really encouraged uh, just by how many people showed up and it was really uh, just an encouraging time and the Holy Spirit filled us. (laughs) And so I walked away from that being filled by the Holy Spirit. And so we were talking about, you know, uh, how many people that we invited or who we didn't see. And I said, you know, if you don't have a vision for what happens at these events, then, then what's the compulsion to want to come? And so I just told everybody, you know, if you attend a corporate prayer gathering, invite somebody else. You know, if you're in a small group, invite your small group. If you're serving on a ministry team, invite them. But it's a special time for us to just pray for God's anointing us. That's what we do when we come together like this as well. You know, we sing songs and there's devotion, there's teaching. And, and so this is a component of how we're filled by the Holy Spirit. But there's something special that happens when we start to address one another in the context of the smaller groups. It's the, it's the studying scripture and, and applying it to our lives and encouraging one another. And we're filled by the Holy Spirit as a result of that. And then we're also filled by the Holy Spirit through singing and through the making of melody. Just in the doing that, the Holy Spirit fills us. And so this morning as we were singing songs, and, and you see some people will, you know, they'll, they'll raise their hands. You know, we stand because it's like it's not boring Oh, sorry, we might kneel. Some people like to kneel when they're, when they're worshiping, praising. Some people like to raise their hands. Some people like to sing. And, and so that singing and making a melody fills us with the Holy Spirit. And so you're singing those songs, and some of those songs you just immediately connect with, don't you? And so the music portion of our service is so important. 
you know, we start off with the music portion of our service to kind of prepare our hearts and minds for, for what God has for us. It's preparatory for what the Word of God wants to do in our life as He molds and shapes us. And then we close with a worship song as we send each person out to live the life that God has for them and encourage them in their faith as they live missionally until we meet again. And so that singing and making noise together in a melody is spirit-filling. In fact, I want to try a little exercise. I want to invite you all to stand up for a moment. And uh, I was trying to think of a song that we could all sing. Um, When I think of songs immediately, if I'm... uh, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, oh, just a song comes. Amazing Grace, for some reason, always just comes to mind. It's a spirit-filling song. I hope it is for you this morning as well. I can't carry a tune very well, but I want to invite you. We're going to sing this twice. And so if you could sing this with me, we're going to be singing and making a melody and praying that the Holy Spirit would fill us. Let's give it a shot. Ready? Amazing Grace. that we were lost, we've been found, we belong, we belong to him, we were blind, and now we see it. As you move through that song, you get to the end, and it talks about the hope that we have with the reality of heaven. Let's sing this one together. When we've been there going to be bright and shining of the sun. We will no less days be singing praises to God than is the first day we got there. It's going to be wonderful. And when we sing those things and acknowledge those things, God's Spirit fills us. And so you can be seated. You know, music is a way that God connects to our hearts. And so I don't know how you feel about that. It was a joy for me to just be able to listen to you sing. I told the online people, I said, please turn me down because if you were online, all you would miss me. <laughs> but singing connects us with God. It fills us with his Holy Spirit. And so as we're addressing one another, as we're studying God's word, as we're applying it to our lives and, and we're talking and learning together, the Holy Spirit fills us as we sing. You know, God's Spirit fills us. You know, that's how, that's how the Holy Spirit works. And then the other thing that we're to do is we're, to, we're, we're giving thanks The command is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How you do that is by giving thanks. Giving thanks is not the command. And so when something happens in our lives or something good or bad or whatever is happening, and we think, okay, well, you just need to give thanks. You're telling somebody what to do. Giving thanks is not the command in that passage. The command is be filled with the Holy Spirit. The how is by giving thanks. 
And so as we give thanks in all circumstances, the Holy Spirit fills us. Giving thanks is a response. It's not a command. Praise is a response. These things are, we're responding to the reality of who we are in Christ. We're responding to the goodness of God. And thanksgiving is a response. It is not a command. And as you read through scripture, it's just example of example of people giving thanks. I just kind of picked out a couple passages. There's uh, many passages in Scripture. We're going to talk about this in in just a moment. Hundreds of passages that talk about giving thanks. But, you know, when the leper in Luke 17 comes across Jesus, he's one of ten lepers. And uh, Jesus heals them, and the lepers go on their way. It says that only one of the ten came back to thank Jesus. And so ten lepers, Jesus heals. They go on about their way. Nine of them did not think to stop to thank Jesus for what he had done for them. But the one came back to give thanks to Jesus, and he's, he's lifted up. And Jesus says, well, where are the other nine? But, you know, may you be filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thanksgiving fills us with the Holy Spirit. There's a sinful woman that, is, that comes when Jesus is eating with the Pharisees, and, and she's sinful, and, you know, she shouldn't be there, but she comes and she she gets at the feet of Jesus and she pours her perfume on Jesus' feet and, and, uh, and wipes away their tears and, 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 and everybody's going, well, what's she doing here? And Jesus looks at her and says, man, how blessed is she going to be because of what she's doing? You guys gave me nothing. Look what she's doing. And so the blessing comes from the thanks. She was there because of, she was so grateful for what Christ had offered her. She blew right by all the distractions and obstacles and went right to the feet of Jesus as a result of that. Was blessed that the Holy Spirit fills us when we step out in obedience. You know, King David, who messed up more ways than I can count, <laughs> repents, and God uses him in the lineage of Jesus. Uses him in amazing ways because of repentance and the thanksgiving. And so David just wrote a good chunk of the Psalms. Just, you just read through David's writings. All we have in Scripture is about David giving thanks for what God has done in his life. And when we read those things, he was blessed. And when we read those things, we're blessed through his giving thanks. Giving thanks brings blessing. You know, Hannah was barren, and, and she came before God and, and, and just cries out to God, you know, for a child and, and just comes before God and she gets a child and she gives thanks. Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den, comes out glorifying and thanking God and is blessed. Job lost everything, including his children, his possessions, his health, everything, and made the decision that God was bigger than his struggles. And God saw him through the other end of that. And he gives thanks. Jesus, before he feeds the 4,000 people, would give thanks to his heavenly Father. He gives thanks for raising Lazarus from the dead. And when he come to the Lord's Supper, you know what he does? He lifts up that loaf of bread, and you know what he does? He gives thanks. He says, hey, whenever you eat this bread, and you break this bread, you know, it's symbolic of my body that's going to be broken for you for the forgiveness of your sins. We give thanks for that. Communion is giving thanks. We're grateful for what Christ has accomplished on our cross, and Jesus models for us thanksgiving. Paul and Silas are in the book of Acts chapter 16. They are, they are, they are, they are just, they're just beaten. I mean, they're beat with rods. I mean, they, they've had a rough day. They are beat. They are thrown into prison, and they are in the innermost prison. It's dark. It's damp. It's stanky. It's wet. They're laying on the ground bleeding, and in the middle of this prison, and in Acts chapter 16, it's about midnight, which is about the time that I would have passed out, they start 
praying and singing hymns to God. When we think about our circumstances and oh, how bad it is, whenever I think about how bad my circumstances are, <laughs> I think of these guys. They're in the middle of this dark, stanky dungeon, and what are they doing? They're praying and singing hymns to God, and the Holy Spirit fills them, and they're praying and they're singing, and the prisoners are listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the fountains of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds unfastened. You know, we usually wait for this to happen before we give thanks. You know, hey, if this were to happen, I would be thankful. But if we could put that on the other end, if we can give thanks in all circumstances to God, the Holy Spirit fills us. The giving thanks in all things, always, under all circumstances, is a response to who God is. It's a choice that we each need to make. And, and, then, and then God works, and we're filled with his spirit. And then God works his plans out according to his purposes. Giving thanks is not a command. It is a byproduct of being filled by the Holy Spirit. And so whenever you're wrestling through gratitude, whenever you're wrestling through how to give thanks in whatever circumstances you might find yourself in, you need to remember that the command is to be filled by the Holy Spirit. That the presence of God is missing from your life. If you want more of the presence of God missing in your life, Address one another. Sing psalms and hymns. Start giving thanks in all circumstances. You know, that's, that's the, how we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Thanksgiving is so important to us. It's 95 times you find it in Scripture. Thanksgiving, 34 times. Give thanks six times. Thanksgiving is an important part. And in every single instance, it is a response of gratitude. We give thanks. We're filled by the Holy Spirit. And the Lord will accomplish his plans and purposes as he sees fit. And so we are to address one another with songs and hymns. We're supposed to be singing and making a melody and we're to give thanks. And then number four, we're to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, the body of Christ, this is important. (laughs) And um, as we think about who we are in Christ and our relationship with him, we sharpen one another. And so we submit to one another. And so I am so grateful for our elder board. I'm so grateful for our staff. And I'm so grateful for the leaders at Springbrook. There's a, there's a relationship that we have with one another where we're speaking truth in love to each other's lives. We do not ignore the things that need our attention. And so as part of the body of Christ, you know, we get to speak in truth and love to people and we submit to one another. And so we, we need to be praying for hearts that are open, that are teachable. And so if we have an unteachable spirit and somebody comes to us, it typically will result in an argument. But if we have a teachable spirit, if out of reverence for Christ and out of love for one another, we're speaking truth and love to one another, that fills us with the Holy Spirit. It, it conforms us to the image of, of Christ. We're able to accomplish what God's will is for us. And so being a part of the body of Christ is important. As we think about our reverence for Christ, submitting to one another, it's a part of how the Holy Spirit fills us. And so the command is, don't get drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what we're commanded to do. Now, how we do that is by addressing one another, singing and making melody, giving thanks always for everything, and submitting to one another. So why do we do this? Why is this important? Because we are giving thanks always and for everything to God our Father. 
because of our identity in Christ, because of who he is, we give thanks. It's important. Giving thanks is important. It's not a command. It is a response. It is a byproduct of our understanding who God is and who we've been created to be. It's important. This is why we do it. We get, I really don't want to give thanks always and for everything, but when I understand it's a part of God's will and the Holy Spirit's going to fill me and I'm bringing him glory, then we're able to accomplish it. But it is still a choice. And so we can choose to do that or not. We can give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ out of reverence for Christ and what he has done for us. Because of who we are in Christ, because of our reverence for him, we give him thanks. And each of us can choose to do that or not. And there's many people that choose not to. But for us, as Christ followers, we want to encourage one another. We want to sharpen one another. We want the Holy Spirit to fill us. And so we are going to encourage one another to give thanks for everything to the Lord our God. Because we know that no matter what we're doing, whether we're eating or drinking or whatever we're doing, we're doing for the glory of God. And so as we move into Thanksgiving, and I pray that as you sit around the table with your families, that you're able to get to a point where you're able to stop and reflect and give thanks together. It's an important part of how the Holy Spirit fills us. You know, that first Thanksgiving was a time for those pilgrims to give thanks to, to God for seeing them through safe travels for God's provision. And you know, if we're not careful, we reduce it to holiday. And we could be so busy trying to make our plans and our schedules and getting through Thanksgiving so we can start getting ready for Christmas. Oh, by the way, guess what's coming next? We've got the new year. And if we're not careful, we can lose sight of the importance of what we're supposed to be doing is to think about how to live a life out that is good and pleasing to the Lord. And so let us in all things seek to fulfill his will for our life. If you want to know what his will is, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled by the Holy Spirit. That's the command, be filled by the Holy Spirit. We do that by dressing, by singing, by sharpening, by encouraging one another. And it's important because this is how we bring God glory. It's how we build up the body of Christ. It's how we accomplish what God has for us together about how we bring him uh, glory. So as we move into these next uh, few days, may this be a holiday that just turns our eyes towards him as we seek to bring him glory with our lives. Father, I just thank you for this day of us today. And um, God, I just thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. God, thank you for the opportunity we have to uh, encourage one another in our faith. And um, I know that Thanksgiving, the holidays, are also times of stress. And so I think about all the planning and the traveling and and uh, man, there's just, there's so many things that can be a distraction for us. This world is fallen, it's broken. And if we're not careful, it will pull us away from you. And so I pray that you would guard our hearts, our minds, our eyes for you, for your glory as we move through uh, this Thanksgiving. Thank you uh, for Paul's writing. Thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. Uh, God, we have so much to thank you for because of who you are. We praise you and we give you thanks. And we pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Please stand with us as we continue to sing and praise his name together. Thank you. 
song is forever yours. A thousand hallelujahs, a thousand more. Who else would die for our redemption? Who's
church, as we prepare to leave this place this morning, let's go knowing that we are one body, part of Christ's church with a capital C, that we are, in a sense, family, brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we praise his name like this, we do so out of a joy that is found deep with inside of us for this amazing passion for our Lord and this thankfulness for what he's done. Let's go in peace to show that to those that we meet. Thank you.